the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority, and it gets underway this morning at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Tuesday, the 25th morning of the ninth month in the year of our Lord, 2018. I'm not going to let false accusations drive us out of this process, and um, we're looking for a fair process where I can be heard and defend my integrity, my lifelong record, my lifelong record of promoting dignity and equality for women, starting with the the women who knew me when I was 14 years old. I know I'm telling the truth. I know my lifelong record. And I'm not going to let false accusations drive me out of this process. I have faith in God and I have faith in the fairness of the American people. America is about fairness and hearing from both sides and I didn't do this or anything resembling this. These are this is wrong. Judge Brett Kavanaugh breaking his silence since the first accusations were made uh, nearly two weeks ago by Dr. Christine Blase Ford by way of Senator Dianne Feinstein, and uh, last night he just could not hold back. I watched uh, last night's The Story with Martha McCallum, the uh, exclusive interview that she had with Judge Brett Kavanaugh and his wife, Ashley. And I have to tell you, and I'm not one who's kind of prone to these sorts of things, but um, my heart kind of broke for them. Uh, the restraint that Brett Kavanaugh had to show there, while, while simultaneously not being held back anymore by, by remaining silent, he had to restrain himself from saying, I'm certain, everything that he wanted to say. And he stuck to the most important point. I have never sexually assaulted anyone, ever. 
he stuck by that and used that answer in response to a variety of different questions, in large part, I'm certain, because um, he knew exactly what any extemporaneous comments would be, would, what would be done with those when he got before the hearing, the committee on Thursday. So he stuck with the main points that he wanted to make. This is fr- false. This never happened. Uh, all of these things that, that Christine Blasey Ford are saying about me are not true. Anything that has been said about me in the Yale circumstance, also not true. I never did any such thing. Never did any such thing. The other people alleged to be there don't recall any such thing. If such a thing had happened, it would have been the talk of campus. The women I knew in college and the men I knew in college says it's inconceivable that I could have done such a thing. So Brett Kavanaugh, in in the most restrained way he could, defended himself publicly after uh, nearly two full weeks of public slander and libel and smears. And that's exactly what this is and has been, has been a smear campaign from the very beginning by a party so desperate to stop the nominee, they would stoop to any depth, any depth and below. And that's exactly what they promised they would do. By any means necessary, at any cost, we will stop the Trump nominee. They said this even before the Trump nominee was named. It did not matter who it was. They would stoop to any depth necessary to stop them. Because this position on the Supreme Court is that valuable to them. The swing vote, Anthony Kennedy, up and resigned. Oh my goodness, how dare he retire now? Now a conservative president gets to name a conservative justice. It's going to tip the balance of the court. Roe versus Wade, the right to kill babies, uh, is going to be in jeopardy. Uh, the, the Affordable Care Act is going to be in jeopardy. All of the things that the left is so adamant about is going to be in jeopardy. My heart broke as I listened to Brett Kavanaugh. It broke even more for Ashley Kavanaugh, who sat next to him, practically quivering. And when she spoke, her voice broke. Her voice broke. She shook a little bit. She had a hard time forming the sentences that she wanted to say because her family is under attack. Her husband is under attack. The father of her children is under attack, and they're saying horrible things that she has had to explain to her children what all of these things mean and why these people are saying these things. My heart broke for them. Brett Kavanaugh is guilty of a crime. I'm just going to go ahead and get that out there. He is guilty of a crime, and he is paying dearly for it. His crime is to accept an appointment to the Supreme Court by Donald Trump. That's all the criminal activity that is necessary for the left to say he must be punished and he must be destroyed. Brett Kavanaugh said yes when President Trump said, will you serve? That's it. That's his crime. And it it's, comes with a terrible, terrible price. One, that he says he is willing to pay. He is not running. He is not going anywhere, and he has faith in God and the American people that the right outcome will happen. I know I'm telling the truth. I know my lifelong record, and I'm not going to let false accusations drive me out of this process. I have faith in God, and I have faith in the fairness of the American people. The problem, of course, it's not the American people he has to worry about. The problem is... Can he possibly have faith 
in Senate Democrats to do the right thing, to give him a fair hearing on Thursday, to give him a fair hearing in the court of public opinion. And we all know the answer to that already. Absolutely not. They have made it their mission to declare him guilty. They have made it their mission to declare anyone who supports him to be a supporter of sexual assault. Misogynists who do not believe women. They have decided that Dr. Christine Blase Ford and Deborah Ramirez are both credible survivors of sexual assault. One in what they are now calling an attempted rape. The other one a sexual assault by exposing oneself and approaching somebody with it. They have decided that these individuals are credible. The word credible has been used on MSNBC and CNN to describe these accusers hundreds of times. The problem is, while we wait for them to explain credibility, while we wait for the credible part to come up, we are left wanting. There is no credibility being offered. Christine Blase Ford has had, uh, what, let's see, last Sunday this, this whole thing came down, so now, what, about a week and a half, Christine Blase Ford and her attorneys have been given the opportunity, since they took this thing public, since Diane Feinstein and her staff gave this to the Washington Post, since Dr. Ford herself decided to talk to the Washington Post, knowing this was going public, they have had all of this time. Heck, Diane Feinstein has had the letter for seven weeks. Seven long weeks. And in that period of time, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford could have been gathering the credibility part of her credible argument. And here we sit on the 25th of September with nothing. Literally nothing. No corroborated witnesses, corroborating witnesses rather, no evidence of any kind whatsoever, just a phony, wild accusation at the 11th hour to try to derail a nominee that the Senate Democrats decided they were going to derail before his name was even given. Yesterday, there were two very, very important statements that I felt were made that I felt you should hear. Coming up in this hour, you're going to hear them. One came from Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, who finally, in my opinion, it seems like grew a spine. And yesterday, he put the Senate Democrats on blast on the Senate floor, explaining this story in its surreal entirety. I'm going to play what Mitch McConnell had to say coming up here after a short time out. Next half hour, I'm going to share with you something that Tucker Carlson did last night in his opening monologue, which was one of the most complete summations of the events as we understand them today that I have seen yet anywhere. While it's not my practice to play long-form clips from other programs, television or radio, um, I have also learned through 21 years in this business that if somebody else has said it better than you can say it, then listen to them. And that's what I'm going to do. I feel like I've articulated this point very well over the last week and a half, but I don't think anybody put it together, especially with audio sound bites for corroborating evidence, as well as Tucker did last night. And I'm going to share a portion of his opening monologue with you. It's 917. We'll get a check of our traffic here, and we'll come back, and I want you to hear from Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, who put the de- Senate Democrats on notice that this is not going to work. This will not stop the confirmation vote. 
and there are very good reasons why. That part coming up right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Weekday mornings at 11 on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 921 now. As promised, I want to share with you a little bit of a long-form speech from Senator Mitch McConnell. The Senate Majority Leader yesterday pretty much had had enough. He took to the Senate floor to explain the situation in depth and also to explain why Judge Kavanaugh will have an up-or-down vote come hell or high water. Senate Democrats and their allies are trying to destroy a man's personal and professional life on the basis of decades-old allegations that are unsubstantiated and uncorroborated. That, Mr. President, is where we are. This is what the so-called resistance has become. A smear campaign, pure and simple, aided and abetted by members of the United States Senate. Eight weeks ago, Democrats on the Judiciary Committee received a letter from Dr. Christine Blasey Ford with an uncorroborated allegation of misconduct. She had requested the matter be handled discreetly and confidentially. The responsible next step would have been alerting the full committee so a confidential bipartisan investigation could begin. Committee staff would have followed their standard practice for investigating background information. Senators could have questioned Judge Kavanaugh in their meetings or in closed session while respecting Dr. Ford's request for confidentiality. Oh, but Democrats didn't do any of that. They sat on Dr. Ford's letter for seven weeks, seven weeks, kept it secret. They did nothing, they bid the time, and then they threw Professor Ford's wishes overboard and leaked it, leaked it to the press. Our colleague from Delaware has himself indicated that either the ranking member's office or the Democratic committee staff likely leaked the document. As I've noted, we know the chain of custody of the letter went through the Democratic side of the Judiciary Committee. So, Mr. President, does this sound like Democratic senators take their responsibilities seriously and want to get to the truth? Or does it sound like a choreographed smear campaign that ignored Dr. Ford's request for confidentiality in order to inflict maximum damage, maximum damage at the last minute on Judge Kavanaugh and his family. I cannot underscore enough the importance of Mitch McConnell making this statement yesterday. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, is the only one who can call this thing to a vote once it comes out of committee. He is the one who can put an end to all of this, these charades, all of this nonsense, all of these delays, all of the bastardization of the process. He is the only one. And we have always wondered, where does he stand? Is he going to be strong enough to do the right thing? 
I think the rest of his statement yesterday gave us our answer. This is an allegation of misconduct which all four supposed witnesses either flatly contradict or are unable to back up. In addition to Judge Kavanaugh, the other three supposed, supposed witnesses have said they have, quote, no knowledge, no knowledge, no recollection, no recollection, and no memory of the alleged incident. It's not just one alleged witness disagreeing with the allegations. It's literally every person who was supposedly there. One of those supposed <clears throat> one of those supposed witnesses says she does not even know Judge Kavanaugh. <clears throat> so all the witnesses that Dr. Ford says were present at the party have told the committee on the record and under penalty of felony, under penalty of felony, all confirm they do not remember any such party do not know Judge Kavanaugh, or have never seen him do anything remotely, remotely, like has been alleged. And this unsubstantiated allegation stands entirely at odds with everything we've heard about Judge Kavanaugh's character from those who've worked with him, socialized with him, dating all the way back to high school. But Democrats wouldn't let a few inconvenient things, like a complete lack of evidence or an accuser's request for confidentiality to get between them and a good smear. I, I once again have to point out, I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell is not a dynamic, forceful speaker. Obviously, that's not his, his forte. He's not a he's not a he's not a great orator. You know, he's he's older. He's got a bit of a a drawl to him that uh, you know that, that that may belie what he is saying, but do not misunderstand or underestimate the force of what he is saying. He is calling every Senate Democrat a liar. He is telling everyone that the Senate Democrats, who were responsible, obviously, uh, for leaking the memo, that they have violated not only Judge Kavanaugh's rights. But essentially, they have also sold out Christine Blase Ford by by uh, uh, refusing to grant her the confidentiality she demanded from this whole thing. He might not sound like a powerful stump speaker, but what Mitch McConnell is saying right now is really, really important. Keep listening. It's despicable. And the contrast with the completely professional conduct of Chairman Grassley could not be starker. As soon as Chairman Grassley learned about this allegation, he handled it through proper channels. He immediately began gathering the facts. His office promptly conducted a transcribed interview of Judge Kavanaugh in which, under penalty of felony, he unequivocally denied the last-minute allegation. And the office received statements from all the other supposed witnesses that they either directly contradicted the story or denied knowing anything about it. What's more, Chairman Grassley ensured that Dr. Ford could be heard in a forum of her own choosing, either here or in California, either in public or in private, either with the staff or with the members. He's gone above and beyond to accommodate her request. 
Thanks to him, we have a fair and open hearing scheduled for Thursday. Dr. Ford will be able to state her allegation under oath, and Judge Kavanaugh will be able to respond. Here are the facts that we do have. Hundreds of men and women who have known Brett Kavanaugh across his life have written or spoken out that he is a man of strong character and tremendous integrity. Numerous witnesses testified before the Judiciary Committee that he's a trusted mentor, a loyal friend, and a lifelong champion of women. More than 75 women gathered last week to share their decades-old knowledge of Judge Kavanaugh as a, quote, responsible guy who treats us with kindness and respect and a true gentleman in all aspects of his life. And separately, of course, it remains beyond reasonable dispute that Judge Kavanaugh's legal brilliance and excellence on the bench make him one of the very most qualified Supreme Court nominees in the history of our country. All of these facts are quite clearly on one side. Maybe that's why the Democrats are so panicked. Maybe that's why they're so willing to try to bring down this nominee. In the meantime, a good and honorable man and his family are receiving death threats. They're the subject of smears and are facing Senate Democrats who say he has no presumption of innocence because they don't agree with his judicial philosophy. Well, before the week is out, both Judge Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford will testify under oath before the Judiciary Committee. Chairman Grassley has made sure the facts will be heard. Judge Kavanaugh and the American people deserve nothing less. And I want to make it perfectly clear, Mr. President, Judge Kavanaugh will be voted on here on the Senate floor. Up or down, on the Senate floor, this fine nominee to the Supreme Court will receive a vote in this Senate in the near future. Very, very important words yesterday from the Senate Majority Leader. Much more coming up after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth You are experiencing the truth, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Indeed it is. As we continue now, uh, it's 936. Peter Kersenow, the brilliant one, is going to be joining us. Is that a new nickname for him? Mark Levin has the great one. I just wonder if uh, Peter Kersenow would accept the brilliant one. Peter Kersenow is going to be joining me at 10.05 to talk a little bit more about the Brett Kavanaugh situation. Uh, Peter, uh, strangely... This is the first Supreme Court nomination uh, that he has not been called on to testify for or about in uh, in some time. Uh, Peter and I have talked about this uh, a lot. Um, he has been a part of, I want to say, at least five, the last five Supreme Court nominees uh, as far as the testimony, including a t- a testimony given... Um, I'll have to clarify this. I could be wrong on that. I want to say including testimony given on Kagan and Sotomayor, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe it's five total, not the last five. But anyway, Peter and I will talk about this coming up at uh, about 10.05, 10.10. 
I said this in the opening of the show, and I want to do this now. I um, It's not my practice to play long-form clips from other shows um, for, for fairly obvious reasons. I feel like I have been very articulate and clear in explaining virtually everything that has gone on with respect to Kavanaugh, the accusers, the, the Senate Democrats, their motives, and so on. But I've never heard it, heard it explained and sourced quite as well with audio as uh, it was last night on Tucker Carlson. I want to play for you a portion of his opening monologue uh, because, well, it's just that important. I want you to see and hear in truth exactly what is being done um, to to due process, to, uh, to the system of, of justice in the United States of America by Senate Democrats as it pertains to Brett Kavanaugh, because this will have far-reaching implications beyond that to anyone who is accused. And that's kind of where we are. I want you to listen to this breakdown, and I want you to listen to people like Jennifer Granholm and Maisie Hirono and so many others explain to you that the system of justice that we have grown up with in this country is now over. If you are a conservative who has been accused without corroboration or or credible evidence by a, a liberal, please listen. Never in our lifetimes have sitting members of Congress attacked our justice system as they now are. Lawmakers haven't mocked the idea of due process or called for the collective punishment of American citizens or declared that the burden of proof is on the accused rather than the accuser. That's the key. All of that is happening right now in Washington and more. It's not just Brett Kavanaugh who's under assault. Elected officials have announced they no longer believe in our Western understanding of justice. There's no precedent for that here. It's stunning. You should pay close attention to what's happening because it could affect all of us. The shift began late last week with these remarks from Hawaii Senator Maisie Hirono. Watch. I just want to say to the men of this country, just shut up and step up. Do the right thing for a change. Not only do women like Dr. Ford, who bravely comes forward, need to be heard, but they need to be believed. So there you have it. All men are guilty, not because they've been proved guilty, but because they are men. They are inherently guilty by their nature. All women must be believed, not because we can show they're telling the truth, but because they are female. Evidence is irrelevant in both cases. All that matters is DNA. All of us are condemned or redeemed at birth, and there is nothing any of us can do to change that. It's baked in the cake. That's what she said. No living U.S. senator has ever said anything like that in public. Yet none of Hirono's Democratic colleagues recoiled or even scolded her or suggested she was wrong. They seemed to agree with what she said. Hirono herself did not issue an apology or a clarification. She kept going. Here she is from over the weekend. Doesn't Kavanaugh have the same presumption of innocence as anyone else in America? I put his denial in the context of everything that I know about him in terms of how he approaches his cases. Well, give her credit for directness. According to Senator Hirono, Brett Kavanaugh is not protected by the United States Constitution. He does not enjoy the presumption of innocence. Kavanaugh is guilty because his opponents say he is guilty. That is Senator Hirono's position. She is proud of it. She's become a folk hero on the left for saying that. Watch her say it again from earlier today. I'm going to pause here before she says it again from earlier today. And again, this is last night's Tucker Carlson. He said some things that... And I kind of said this before, I've, I've long learned in this business, if somebody else has already said it better than you can say it, then just listen to them. 
uh, don't repeat it. And 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 so I, rather than repeating everything you said, I want you to hear it. But I want to also underscore part of this. What she just said, what Maisie Hirono said in that clip, is ex- it's just so dangerous. When asked if he deserves the presumption of innocence that is given to all Americans when accused of something, she said no because I don't like how he approaches his cases. Meaning, I disagree with him politically, and so therefore, because you know he he judges cases, which by the way is is insane and it's on its face. Because the judge has never been accused of anything other than a ruling from the bench based on evidence presented, not his own personal politics. But she wants to make it about his personal politics. So because I don't like how he, quote, approaches his cases, meaning how he handles his job as a judge, he is no longer entitled to due process. He's no longer entitled to the presumption of innocence. How have you ever heard anything so dangerous? Have you ever heard anything so wildly inappropriate coming from an elected official? Maisie Hirono is a United States senator. I'll let uh, Tucker continue. Can you clarify what you meant? Do you believe Judge Kavanaugh does deserve a presumption of innocence or not? Look, we're not in a court of law. We're actually in a court of credibility at this point. And without having the, the uh, uh, FBI report or some semblance of trying to get corroboration, we are left with the credibility of the two witnesses. Oh, a court of credibility. Now, Senator Hirono didn't explain exactly what a court of credibility is, though you can be sure you wouldn't ever want to be tried in one, though at this rate, sorry, you may be. If the Bill of Rights doesn't apply to Brett Kavanaugh, it probably doesn't apply to you either. It all depends on what Maisie Hirono thinks of your political views. If she agrees with you, you'll be fine. If not, you won't be fine. Keep in mind that once you've been accused in this new court of credibility, you're responsible for proving yourself innocent. It's your job to unconvict yourself. If that sounds like a mirror image of our actual justice system, you're right, it is. For more than a thousand years, the burden of proof in the West has fallen on the accuser. In our country, that would be the government. If they say you did it, they have to prove that you did it. In that but nomination to sit Here's on the Senator highest Richard court in the land is why Ashley explaining how the new system works. We have a constitutional duty to get to the bottom of these allegations. They are serious and credible. And now the person with the most knowledge about them, namely Judge Brett Kavanaugh, has a responsibility to come forward with evidence to rebut them. Again, and I hate to interrupt Tucker, but I just cannot underscore this enough either. First of all, again, Senator Blumenthal there claims that these accusations are credible. With what do you assign credibility? Where is credibility in this story? What from what Christine Blasey Ford has said and Deborah Ramirez have said is credible when it's backed up by absolutely, as Mitch McConnell pointed out, nothing. And then what he said just a moment ago is chilling. He said these accusations have been made and now it's up to Brett Kavanaugh to provide evidence that it didn't happen. That's That defies all reason, common sense, and not to mention American law. That defies all reason, common sense, and it defies American law. That is not how this works. Got that? We accuse you of a felony. Your job is to show you're innocent. You're a sex criminal. Prove you're not. 
Senator Blumenthal went to Yale Law School. Did he learn that concept in his classes there? Probably not. It's a new idea, but it's also a very old idea. It was common during the medieval period where the accused also had a, quote, responsibility to come forward with evidence to rebut the charges against them. Heretics who survived torture sometimes got declared innocent. Hooray! But there's a flip side to the new system. Because the accused are guilty by definition, the accusers suddenly have no responsibility to make credible claims. And we're seeing that principle in action, too. We covered the story all last week. Five nights in a row, we said that we are giving Christine Ford every benefit of every doubt. And we did that. But let's be honest now. Not many of her claims would hold up in an actual court, the one governed by the justice system we thought we had until about 10 days ago when Macy Hirono informed us otherwise. When did this alleged assault take place? Ford can't say. When did it happen? She doesn't know. Where are the witnesses to this? Well, there aren't any. The few people Ford has named deny it happened. When was this first reported to authorities? Well, it never really was. The story came out in stages. It was a recovered memory, apparently summoned by a psychotherapist 30 years after the fact. And even then, it was another six years before Ford named Brett Kavanaugh specifically, at exactly the point he was being nominated for the Supreme Court. That's not our analysis of the case. It's the position of Ford's lawyer, nearly all of whom double as Democratic Party activists and operatives, and some of whom defended Bill Clinton from far graver sexual assault claims when he was accused. That doesn't mean Ford is lying, but it does raise legitimate questions. So does a lot of her behavior. Last week, for example, Ford told senators she couldn't come to Washington to testify because she's afraid to fly on airplanes. This fear, she explained, is a direct result of being groped over her clothes by Brett Kavanaugh back in high school in the 80s. As one of her friends told the Washington Post, airplanes' cabins remind Ford of the trauma. They're, quote, the ultimate closed space where you cannot get away. But wait, is this true? Ford has relatives on the East Coast. According to published accounts, she's been here recently. Did she drive back and forth to California every time she visited? We don't know. Then last week, the New York Times reported that Ford did graduate work at the University of Hawaii. That's on an island thousands of miles in the Pacific. How exactly did she get there? Could it be possible that Ford is claiming she can't fly in order to delay the proceedings long enough that Brett Kavanaugh can't be confirmed? That might be something the committee could ask her if she shows up on Thursday. And that, again, sorry to interrupt Tucker here, but that is exactly the point that I and so many others have been making over the course of the last week and a half. It is all about delay. I have to drive from California to D.C., so that's going to take another four or five days uh, because, you know, I can't fly. Okay, well, prove that. She doesn't have to because she's a quote-unquote survivor. Hashtag believe survivors. It is all about exactly that. Delay, delay, delay. And when this circus is over... It'll be all about the next one, Deborah Ramirez. When can we get her scheduled to drive to uh, to Washington, D.C., from wherever she may be right now? Because we have to delay, delay, delay. Let this thing get closer to November. That's what it's all about. Please continue. As she will. They probably won't ask her, though. That would be victim shaming. She's a woman. She's telling the truth no matter what she says. Even when things she says turn out to be not true, they are still true by definition. Watch former Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm explain this principle. Kavanaugh, Judge, uh, Smith, and her friend, uh, 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 Leland Kaiser, have all said they don't remember anything like this ever happened. And Leland Kaiser, who says she believes Ford, says that she doesn't even remember ever being at a party mm-hmm. where Kavanaugh was present. Right, and, and that actually corroborates uh, Ford's story, which is that she was so horrified by this that she 
kind of snuck out or slunk out of this apartment in a way that no one would know what happened because she was so utterly mortified. Are you following this at home? See if you can track the reasoning here. When your corroborating witnesses can't corroborate your story, the one you say they can corroborate, your story has still been corroborated, maybe even more so. Those are the new rules here in the court of credibility. They're certainly the rules Washington is applying to the new story that the New Yorker magazine dropped last night. In it, one of Kavanaugh's classmates at Yale says that during a drunken party on campus, Kavanaugh once wagged his genitals in her face. Well, that sounds awful and damning. But wait, here's the magazine's description of those claims. Quote, in her initial conversations with the New Yorker, the accuser was reluctant to characterize Kavanaugh's role in the alleged incident with certainty. After six days of carefully assessing her memories and consulting with her attorney, she felt confident enough of her recollections to say that she remembers Kavanaugh had exposed himself at a drunken dormitory party. So it turns out she didn't actually remember what happened. None of the people she says were in the room remember it happening either. Yet after talking to her lawyer for a week, she suddenly remembers it. That's enough for CNN. Guilty as charged. String them up! Are they all lies? Perhaps. But, you know, it certainly has the ring of truth to me. The idea that it's all made up seems sort of preposterous at this point. Oh, it has the ring of truth. Oh, perfect. That's enough. Let's hang him. This is a bad joke, this whole thing. That's clear at this point, and everybody knows it on both sides. What's amazing is that Republicans, for some reason, are still playing along. Last week, Senate Republicans declared, in effect, that all allegations against Brett Kavanaugh must be heard, no matter how frivolous or obviously fraudulent they are. Senate Republicans are the ones who made the court of credibility possible in this country. Should it surprise anyone, the New Yorker ran this piece. How many more pieces like it are coming? As many as it takes, no question about that. We can't. Con- and that is exactly the point. After Ford, there's Ramirez. After for Ramirez, there's whatever troll that Avenatti uh, decides to dig up. Whatever there is, it will not be enough. There will be another one, another one, another one, and each will demand an F- investigation. Each will demand testimony. Each will demand a delay until pretty soon. Hey, the elections tomorrow. We'll put this off until after the election, and then we'll see who wins in November. That's where we are. My friends, I hope you uh, were able to absorb all of that from Mitch McConnell, last half hour from Tucker Carlson from last night here. It just needed to be said and put into the context that it was. If you'd like to react, dial now, 216-901-0945 on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, let's get a couple of phone calls in here before the top of the hour. Peter Kersenow will be joining me at about 10.10 after the top. So let's go to David, who's waiting in LaGrange. David, thanks for your patience. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Yes, Bob, all these accusations against the judge, the left, the Democrat, the media, they know it's a lie, just like the Russian collusion. They don't believe it. It's all a lie. And I think this is showing their desperation. This is a desperation of the Democrat Party is in trouble in November, and it's all about destroying Trump in 2020. Well, I agree with you that they're desperate. I don't know that it necessarily says, and you got a lot of road noise there, David, so I'm going to let you go. I appreciate the phone call. There's a lot of road noise there. Um, 
I agree with you. It shows they're desperate, but I don't know that it necessarily means they're desperate in November. I still think their polling is pretty solid for November. Uh, they may very well indeed take back the House, which I do not want to happen, but I'm just being realistic. It could very well happen. Uh, I think their chances of taking back the Senate are much, much less. But the reason it shows their desperation is simply because of the court itself. They know and have long said that, um, you know, Anthony Kennedy, they begged him not to resign when he did because they did not want him, a swing voter, to be replaced by a conservative president, with naming a conservative nominee to, to uh, join the court. Um, and that's why this is so important to them. And they would have torched personally, privately, and publicly any nominee, no matter who it was, Brett Kavanaugh or otherwise, because the court seat is so important to them. And the real frustrating part about it for you and me is we know how important the court seat was, too, and that's why we voted and won in November of 2016. We didn't want Hillary Clinton making these appointments. We wanted Donald Trump making them, and this is what is upsetting to them. Uh, Joe is in Lakewood. Hi, Joe. Go ahead. Oh, good morning, Bob. This is Joe. Um, I'll get right to the point here in this interesting time. Uh, in the past, I voted for the person itself. I, I investigated and studied the people, and although I did vote for Trump. But with the circus going on the way it is, I'm going to vote for the party. I will vote for no Democrat. I don't care if he's my brother. Well, you know what? I, uh, I completely concur, uh, and I hope a lot of people feel like you do. And, Joe, and I thank you so much for the phone call. To vote for the Democrats is to vote as an approval, to say that I approve of the tactics that they are using. I approve of the uh, uh, revoking of due process and constitutional rights of people that I don't like, like Judge Kavanaugh. Um, you know, making him uh, defend himself by proving a negative. All of these things, if you give them the green light to behave in this way by voting for them, they will behave in this way forever. I think a lesson is needed here for Democrats, and I'm glad to hear you say this, Joe, as a non-partisan you know, partisan voter, that you'll vote against all Democrats. They need a lesson here. They need a swift kick in the rear, a smack on the wrist, whatever it is you want to call them to remind them that it doesn't work this way in the United States of America. Thanks so much for the phone call. Peter Kirsten now next on AM 1420, The Answer. Except you, you were talking about the end of the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.